Hello and welcome to another episode of Block Talk presented by Theater on the Now. I'm your host as always, Michael Block. If you love the podcast, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode and leave a five-star review while you're there. Did you know there is an easy way to help support the podcast and keep the show going? Buy Me A Coffee is an incredible new platform where you, the loyal Block Talk audience, can say thank you to your favorite host. All you have to do is show support with a few taps by leaving a little tip that's just like buying me a cup of coffee. And the great thing is you don't even need to create an account. Visit buymeacoffee.com slash blocktalk and keep Block Talk going strong like a cup of coffee. And as always, follow me on Instagram at michaelblocktalk, on Twitter at blocktalknyc, and visit theaterinthenow.com for its news, reviews, and interviews. Things got bottomless as the queens were tasked to host a mock drag brunch. Who served a delicious meal and who's getting a bad Yelp review? It's time to talk all things Drag Race Down Under 2. And joining me is Drag Race Superfan Daniel. How are you? Hey, I'm good. How are you? I'm great. So much Drag Race happening at this moment in time. I was like, oh my God, we're only going to have two episodes this week. I'm like, no, no, no. Drag Race Philippines said, no, no, no. You're not going to have one. You're going to have two of ours. I was like, fuck. A lot of drag race coming up. Is it really two for Philippines? That's what the Instagram said. It said two, two episodes. Like, oh, no, no, can I only have one? Um, but I'm excited. I'm very excited about Drag Race Philippines. It looks very cool. Um, yeah, lots of drag race. And also now there's rumors that September 7th is going to be the reveal for UK4. So I'm like, we're never going to end. But that's okay. Well, Drag Race Down Under 2, we're three episodes in. How are you enjoying the season so far? I love seeing um, Australia and New Zealand's drag because they have something that we don't see a lot in the U.S., which mm-hmm. is like even with a smaller cast, we get to really, we really get to know the queens so fast. Yeah. And they are all so diverse. It's a, it is a diverse cast, maybe not um, by ethnicity, but style of drag wise it is a very diverse cast and that's i i am appreciating this um cast um and it's also nice to see that rue is finally learning a little bit more about australia and new zealand because that was cringeworthy last year i don't know if you've caught on to this at all but with um uk and also down under a lot of the judges tend to use they them pronouns even with not non-binary queens interesting i have not i have not caught that that's something i've realized in the past two days and i went back (laughs) past two weeks and i went back and watched other seasons and it's like interesting okay i'm here for that um but yeah it's it's very interesting when it comes to pronouns on the show um because one thing that did stick out to me was spanky this week discussing yuri using he we rarely ever hear that they it seems like a lot of the uk queens do but that's Mm -hmm. commonly known but yeah i did look into it it looks like yuri only uses she her so that that also stuck out to me yeah, it's it's. Um, I mean, it's obviously a, a huge discussion. They've discussed pronouns on the show in multiple franchises. Um, 
but regardless, everyone's learning. Everyone's still working through things. And uh, maybe it's something that Spanky and Yuri had discussed prior to maybe at the time of filming, but it did stick out to me because usually I think the only person I've really heard anyone refer to as he recently has been Maddie Morphosis. And that's just because Maddie Morphosis. Yeah, Maddie, um, Maddie. Exactly. But Let's, um, actually, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> no, you're good. Um, Joe Black was also almost always he him. True. Mm-hmm. That's true. Interesting. Right now, I'm going to have to go back and do some research. Or listeners, you can do the research for me and then tell me, and I'll, I'll go on the podcast and explore it. Let's dive into this episode. Queen Kong is going to read Aubrey's goodbye message, but it's bittersweet. She is still here. Uh, she's disappointed in herself. She thought she was going to go home and hates herself for it. When she gets into a situation where she's not happy with what she's done, she picks herself apart. Um, I know that feeling. I'm that kind of person. I hate being that person. Like if I make a mistake on the podcast, ugh, it sits with me for a very long time. So I understand where Queen's coming from. Same here. One little thing. It's always like, oh my gosh, what do I do? Yeah. But I know that Queen is probably one of the most amazing human beings ever. Um, I did get a message this week from Britta, who was like, that's my sis. Um, and they know each other. And apparently um, Queen knows Britta's family in Australia, which is cool. And that's the new show I want to see, Britta and Queen together. Well, Minnie will tell Queen that they all respect her. Minnie is going to get down on her knees, not to suck her off. But she does not want to be in the bottom with her ever, though she may bottom for her, which is a different story. Now, there are a lot of youngsters out there who are very horny. Did not expect it to come out of Minnie Cooper. I kind of saw someone making that reference at some point this season, but for Minnie... Yeah, Minnie was the shocker. I was like, okay, listen, you can be 50 and horny. That is okay. There's no problems. Spanky, though, is is congratulated on her win. She's mind blown from bottom to the top. And Hannah is happy for Spanky winning, but um, she's had no wins. She's been so close. Third time's the charm, she believes. The judges see what she's doing, so now she has to maintain the standard and win. It is a new day and Yuri is feeling great knowing her outfit had saved her, which is fact. Uh, The bottom is not a cute place to be, but she is excited to see what the next challenge is and is ready to fuck it up. Rue arrives and tells them that being a drag queen is hard work, but sometimes they need a handyman or two to give them a helping nudge. Rue calls in the never-ending pit crew for a little game of match. In this game, Tools of the Trade, each man has an essential drag tool stuffed in their shorts. Rue will name a tool and they have to guess which man is packing that tool. Um, I will just take number four and number nine. Thank you. Um, call me. Wow. Um, Rue loves playing these stupid games. I I don't know about you, but when I heard match, I was thinking that you had to pair up. That's what I thought too. That's what I thought. Um, that no, not this time around. No, we're just playing. Haha, <laughs> what's he packing? Literally. Um this was stupid. This is really, really stupid, but this is also classic drag race. It's always these stupid challenges that are like the most entertaining. Mm-hmm. It's 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 fun. Now, first off, we're going to be looking for a curling iron, and number five is not with the curling iron. It is pantyhose. How you can confuse the shape of a curling iron with pantyhose, I couldn't tell you. Um, now, 
we're going to have a hairdryer and Pamara touches herself to get in touch with her psychic abilities. And apparently it worked. Number eight has it. Do you have psychic abilities like Pamara? For most of them, I was able to figure out who had what. Yeah. But I think I flipped the hairbrush in the curly curly Mm -hmm. iron. Now, when it comes to electric clippers, it's believed to either be number four or seven, but alas, it is number seven. The makeup brushes are not in number 10. A mirror does not belong to number nine. When they're looking for a hairbrush, Yuri's going to ask number four, and it's a match. And then Pomoara. She's going to take her sweet-ass time. And Rue is like, that is our show. Does the normal sign-off. That was kind of cute. I thought that was funny. That was that was good off-the-cuff Rue. That was so cute. When Rue is like just riffing and not reading a teleprompter, Rue's funny. And Rue, you can also tell... Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. You're good. You can also kind of tell when it is like teleprompter and when it's actually genuinely Rue. Literally. Um, because you can see Rue actually reading now, or at least I've watched so much of the show I can tell when Rue is reading. Um this there the the I am guilty of it for this own podcast. If if this was an actual video podcast that got released, oh, it would be the most cringeworthy thing to watch because I would be reading. Um, but she, she's getting better, but she's also of a certain age. She's, 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 she's okay. Well, the winner of this silly game is Molly Poppins. She wins $5,000 courtesy of their friends at Bonds. Um, I don't know what Bonds is. I didn't do the research to find out what Bonds is because I'm not going to Australia anytime soon. So um, my dear friend, Tom Faye, when you come on the podcast next week, you can tell me what Bonds is. He's from Australia. Um, Rue announces that for this week's maxi challenge they will be working in paris as they co-host a drag race down under drag brunch sponsored by the star and again i didn't look up what the star is sorry friends i made the note to look it up did i yeah yeah same no um because all i know is if i just put the star in you're gonna get not anything relevant then you put like the star australia and i'm like i don't want to do that research Listeners, tell me. You can tell me what it is. Now, Beverly loves her some drag brunch, and I love some Beverly, but um, not with this week's confessional brows. Darling, darling sweetie, sugar plum, uh, no. This is, um, dare I say, veering into inconsistency and looks really bad. Like, come on, that beautiful face is destroyed by those things that you painted on your face. What did they do to her this week? That was cruel. I had like the same thought. It's like, what? Because like she's done very good brows that for like the first episode, it's like, oh, those are real. Like, no, 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 no. Those those can be wiped right off. These were just so big and thick and black. And it's like, no, no. Um, Anyway. They will have five minutes to win over the judges and the other queens and extra special guest judge Ursula Carslin. Um, are you familiar with Ursula? I am not. <laughs> Neither am I, but I did research her. Uh, she is a comedian and was a panelist on two seasons of The Masked Singer. She replaced Lindsay Lohan. Ooh. Lindsay Lohan was a panelist on season one of that show. Crazy. But I guess COVID and she couldn't fly back, whatever. But um, I love The Masked Singer. It's such a good show. I gotta confess, I have been watched it. 
it's okay if you're watching super secret celebrity drag race 2 it's basically basically the same show not <laughs> yeah all right well molly poppins is the winner of the mini challenge she gets to choose her partner and then assign the pairs she will select Hanaconda as her partner she gives queen to mini pairs beverly with pomara and finally spanky is with yuri now molly is not going for miss congeniality here she is here to win and you know what i appreciate strategy what did you think of her game here I see what she was going for with pairing a strong, like quote unquote, mm-hmm. like strong person with someone who's a little more quieter. But she also did that to herself. Yeah. So was it completely smart? I don't know. Yeah, I think. I don't think she was fully thinking what she was doing and then she had to explain herself because then everyone else was like, this looks bad. And she's like, she can't be like, I don't know what I was doing because then that looks bad on her. Um, Picking Hannah was a smart choice. We will see the results. Um, I I think there was only one negative pair really. And that was um, Spanky and Yuri. Everyone else seemed fine. Theoretically, we'll learn that maybe another pair um team yellow was not really going to be a good pair but on paper they should have worked but spanky and yuri i don't know if yuri knows how to talk that was her biggest problem and there's also the same with um molly where she's seen more quiet so far so it's like yeah but to herself i think she's like no no i'm i'm vocal i'm funny i'm one of the best here um, not on camera. Well, they believe that Molly did perhaps sabo them in a sense. Um, Spanky, not thrilled. But Rue is going to reveal that they have the opportunity to preview their material with Reese and stand-up comedian Chris Parker, who we will discuss in a little bit. Now, Hannah thanks Molly, thanks Molly for picking her. And Molly says that she's adored her for so long. Uh, she calls her a fucking firecracker. Accurate. She prides herself as a funny person, so she hopes she can deliver next to this funny bitch. To Hannah, hosting is about being natural and not script, 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 script. It's a hosting challenge, not a stand-up comedy challenge. To be fair, isn't it kind of the same thing? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. I think they're very similar. Maybe, Maybe hosting is more okay, you have to give the ground rules of what the event is, but if you're doing stand-up, you're kind of doing the same thing in the sense of you're selling jokes, you're trying to entertain and engage, uh, maybe just not in a structured way, but it's still purposeful. Hmm. Hannah has to ask about the strategy with pairings, and um, girl, that room, they can hear everything. She asked that question and eyes darted straight to her. Beverly is going to point out that the pairs are all polar opposites. Was it intentional? Well, Molly is a Pisces. She doesn't deal well with confrontation. All eyes are on her. She will say that she wanted to level it out as to not have two powerhouses on the same team. Beverly will deduce that in each pairing, there is one strong person, one weak person. Molly will say that she's not saying that in which the entire room was like, bitch, you a liar. Did she put herself with Hannah so she can look better? Well, she finds it hateful, but will it bite her in the ass? 
can Hannah outshine Molly? We're going to find out. But Pomara will then say that really what you try to do here was sabotage Spanky and Molly. And Molly is like, no, no, no. You're the one who just said that. That didn't come out of my mouth. And Molly tells Pomara that if she really wanted to sabotage her, she could have put her with Minnie. And I was like, that is a fact. And also you deprived us of that, Molly. Could you imagine? What would that have been? That would have been, oh my gosh. That would have been. (laughs) I think Pomara would have strangled Minnie. I do not think one of them would have actually survived, which then would also mean Queen and Beverly wouldn't have been together. And I think that's even the worst pairing. That would have made zero sense. Isn't it always with these um, pairing challenges where there's one amazing pair and then that like leftover two? Yeah. It's kind of like, well, there has to be that one pair. Yeah. Where it's that person chosen last. I'm struggling. Which, yeah, which was basically Spanky and Yuri in this situation. But I think I thought the teams were fair. I think Molly did okay. I think the yeah. Queens were just being a little butthurt that they didn't get necessarily what they wanted. Um, granted, if they did it with Rue not there, maybe there would have been more of a discussion. But no, no, Rue wants the drama. Rue got the drama. Spanky says that she shouldn't underestimate the New Zealand queens. Um, Yuri knows that she is a bit shy and reserved and speaking isn't her strongest suit, but she's happy to be working with Spanky. Spanky will tell Yuri that she believes Molly paired them to try to trip her up, and this is her way of trying to take out one of her big competitors. But she's not going home. Now, if you're Spanky saying this to Yuri, and you're Yuri, isn't that kind of an insult? Yeah. <laughs> That's not great teamwork to start. I get where Spanky's trying to come from, but it just didn't it didn't make sense to just say it straight to your partner's face. Yeah. If someone did that to me, I would be like, I don't care if there's a camera here, slap in the face, right in the or back in the head. We're gonna learn that Yuri has hosted gigs in the past year and is hoping to apply it in the challenge. Um, I didn't know she hosted, so cool, cool. I thought she literally was just a bedroom queen. Um, she suggests that maybe they talk about themselves and then roast one another. She will tell her a roast she has for her, Spanky. The only thing that's flatter than your hair is that ass. Now, did Spanky find it funny or was she insulted? I'm not quite sure based on her reaction. I think she enjoyed how good the joke was yes. but how she well, reacted no. to it i can't tell yeah I, I i agree i don't know if she was insulted by it um also i spinky doesn't really have a flat ass but um i mean we have seen her ass unfortunately yeah. thanks thanks now with beverly and pamara they've been safe so they have to do something to prove that they should be safe they should win Beverly wants to know what a local drag run for Pomara looks like. And she says it's fun in camp. She's off the cuff and does look and observe comedy. And Beverly will now note that Pomara Fifth and Beverly Kills is not a winning combination. Um, I was like, oh, poor Beverly. Why, why, why is she telling us this now? Is this going to be like one of those, oh, it's going to be a false flag. It's really going to be great. 
But Beverly will say, she's the opposite. She is someone who needs a script and writes her own jokes. She is a planner. <laughs> Me too, so I get Beverly. Mara thinks that they can make room for some setup jokes as well as off the cuff, and it's going to be time to compromise. Now, dear sweet Beverly will share that they have a toast at their drug, drag brunch. And the way she kind of shares it is like, we invented toasts. No one else has done it before. We did it first. And I was like, girl, you crazy. You're 21 telling us how you how drag was invented. No. No. Have you ever been to a drag brunch? I have not. <laughs> Because along the lines of 21, I turned 21 during COVID. Fair. So, there's, there's I mean, at least in New York, there's definitely drag brunches that are for all ages. Um, jokes maybe not be for all ages, but drag brunches. Um, but yeah, Beverly saying that kind of like she invented toasts is wrong, right? Yeah. It was the way she said it. I was like, I'm not really sure what you're aiming here because I, Pomara's like, what do you, what? What? This is a toast? Okay. Um, Beverly will share her toast. And Pomaro's like, that's just not funny. It's not funny. Um, and she's not wrong. I completely agree. <laughs> yeah. Um, Pomara, working with Pomara is going to be a struggle for the two of them. Now, we're going to move over to Minnie and Queen, who is going to venture over to visit Molly and Hannah. And we are going to have a very serious and important part of the episode coming up um first off after queen is asking for a loan uh for molly for winning all that money hannah wants to know what their team's going to be doing queen shares that they will be working around white privilege being a person of color being with a generation x cisgender white drag queen they will play with that dynamic and how different they are many will say that being able to laugh at that stuff is important because it sends a message and Hannah will state that she believes that drag is rife with racism, especially in Australia, how casually and normalized racism is in their communities. Queen has been fighting against it as one of the few drag queens of color in Australia who's doing things in mainstream spaces. There is never time to have the conversation at the table. It's just done. Now, Hannah will admit that she is guilty of it as she has played into it before. She says that she has been working on being a better white person. Those are her words. She reveals that, quote, she has appropriate cultures. She's done a show in kimonos. They did a Pharaoh show, an Egyptian show. They had graves and stuff like that. And now she knows and has been educated because people in her life, she has people in her life like Queen. Queen and Confessional will say that the situation is difficult because she loves her sister and she is trying to hold space for her and listen because she is not feeling the greatest, but she's also thinking about the people that she has hurt. She's going to tell Hannah that the people they're trying to pay tribute to begs the question, how do you pay tribute to a culture that's been stolen? She asks, would you let the people who came from the culture tribute it themselves? Hannah says she has explored into the anti-racism workshops because she doesn't want to make those mistakes again. It's about opening the spotlight and sharing. She says that her job as a white person is to call herself into account and it's her job to listen, take it on board and figure out what she needs to do. While she thinks she's doing something good, it doesn't negate the hurt that she's passed on to people and hurt that could come from being on the show. She has made mistakes and she owns it and she will do what needs to be done. All right. Now that it's been discussed on the show, 
It's out in the open. And now we can discuss it. I know she did address this last year when it was revealed that she was a part of the performances alongside Scarlett Adams. We're now hearing her side of things in a slightly positive light uh, because with the editors, you have that kind of like uplifting music underscore. Is this just a slap on the wrist from the show or should she be allowed to be on the show knowing there's just probably no way she can win the crown without having a backlash? It's a hard question. It definitely is, especially as a white person. Mm-hmm. I. It's hard because I've been I've been I've been gra- grasping how I want to discuss it because it's not my place to discuss the hurt of other people, but it's my place to acknowledge that this person has done it and is now on the show and has this giant platform. And and I think Queen did discuss it and says like her and Hannah discussed her being on the show is going to cause hurt to people still no matter what. It's hard. It's really really difficult. And I, I'm it's interesting the way they approached this compared to how they did it last year. At the end of the day, Scarlett Adams has like a red R on her chest and she's painted as a racist by the community. She has not done drag in almost a year but she's going to be on the Drag Race Down Under tour. No one's booking her in Australia. Wow. Yeah. All I know is she has an OnlyFans. I did not know that. (laughs) Yes, very, very beautiful human. Not saying I subscribe, but I've just been told she has an OnlyFans and is a very beautiful human. Sounds good. I I think what I can say is... It is different seeing like her story as it was presented on the show, unlike like Scarlett Adams, where mm-hmm. nothing was really said and then it came out after the fact. Right. So maybe something like this will continue to happen. So hopefully like like quote unquote, like canceled culture isn't as strong with future seasons. And the future generations of Queens really do know, hey, let's not do this. Right. Hannah seems to be doing the work. Um, She should be held accountable by the communities that she has hurt. And that's that. Um, But what else can she do? If you brand her and Scarlett and say your past was wrong, and even though you can learn and grow, you get don't get to reap your benefits. Is that fair as well? It's a difficult discussion, and I just don't know what the proper answer is. I'm stumped. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I would love people of color to please comment on this. Um, and and Hannah has definitely been someone who's said she's open to hearing it because um, I'm sure she's got a lot of of, of negativity thrown her way. Um, I haven't really been focusing on her social media to find out what's been happening. Um, I know two episodes ago, Drag Race Down Under put out a thing being about talking, not talking negatively about the Queens on comment on their social media, whatever. Um, But yeah, it's out in the open. Rude didn't address it. 
And that's it. And that's where we're, where we're at with this. And it's a very fascinating moment. I'm kind of thinking she may address it next week. It's possible. Because very possible. hasn't that happened before where eight, one week something major comes out and then the next week it gets addressed? It's possible. I know with the Scarlet issue that literally was the same episode. Um, literally was, I think the producers were in the room being like, ah, um, and then they like ran to Rue or whatever. But yeah, I don't know. We'll, we will definitely see if this does get addressed. What I can say, if this is helping anybody's winner arc, is Queen Kong. Um, I'm full on Queen Kong winning this goddamn show now. Like, come on. How do you not crowd her? She's so good. Well, Queen will share that dancing in her culture is ceremonial. Her history isn't written down. It comes from a line of talking chiefs who hold the knowledge of where she comes from. There is also no word for sorry in her language. There are no apologies. It's not a word. You show you're sorry. She says people can, for, can seek forgiveness, but you can't demand it. It's not about letting things go. It's about acknowledging what happened and moving forward. If people aren't ready to move forward, you have to respect that. Queen will say that she's seen the work that Hannah was doing and how much of an ally she is and knows that it is not performative. She thinks Hannah has learned from her mistakes. She can't speak for the community. She's upset, but she can speak as one of the few queens of color in the competition and give her a realistic conversation about what she's done. Hannah will thank Queen for her work and that she is inspiring to all. They hug it out. And that's on that. Fascinating. That's definitely one of those moments that's like, wow, they really are showing some of the real life of the queens at the same time as the drama from the show and the art. Yeah, and it's not like this was forced out of Hannah, kind of the way it was forced out of Scarlett. Hannah offered it. Hannah knew she was on this platform. She knew the mistakes she has made, and she knows that if she didn't address it herself, other people were going to do it for her. Um, so she she gave herself the platform to discuss and say, I'm trying to change. I know I'm wrong. You got to give her credit for that. But at the end of the day, she did what she did. Yeah. <laughs> so that's on that. I think um, as far as I'm concerned, I hope it's not going to muddy anything else for the season because the art of drag on, on this show is so good. Let's move forward. With that, we hit the main stage and meet Reese and Chris Parker, who is a flaming homosexual with that pearl necklace and that floral cheetah print shirt. Um, It is so gay. It made Reese Nicholson look straight. Um, But also Chris Parker's kind of cute. Much older, much younger than he looks. Um, He looks quite old and apparently he's only like 30. Wow. I know. Maybe he's been out in the sun too long. Um... He's very cute, very, very handsome. Spanky and Yuri up first, and Spanky wants to suck as much knowledge out of Reese and Chris as they can. Um, and I'm sure there are others who would like to suck other things out of Chris and Reese. I was waiting for that joke. <laughs> it's there. Now, Reese reminds them that it is a comedy challenge and asks how they're feeling about it. And Yuri will say confident question mark. And Chris will now tell us that it's this that it's the most New Zealand thing you can say um i did i have as much as we listen to the accents um there is an inflection up from the kiwi queens everything does go up 
um, like they're asking a question, but it's actually a statement. Yeah, and that's, I think that's actually with every New Zealand queen. It, because I noticed that with... Um, Ketamine is the uh, yeah. biggest culprit of it. Um, very much so. I, I Watching, I don't know if you've been watching Binge Queens at all, but watching her in Angeria, I really think Angeria is confused. She's she like, really what is. is that sound coming out of your mouth? And and to be fair, Kid is probably the same, saying the same thing about Angeria. Yeah, plus also Angeria didn't know she's from New Zealand. She thought she was Australian. It's true. Now, do you know the difference between the Australian and the New Zealand accent? Because I've, I've recently learned. I can hear the difference, but I don't know if I know what you're asking. It's, it's more of the vowels. They're a lot shorter in um, the New Zealand accent than they are in the uh, Australian accent. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, some very fascinating uh, things you learn as you pick up. Because that was one of the questions I was going to ask, um, that was going to be asked at the um, panel um, at DragCon, should ketamine have been there? But unfortunately, she Unfortunately, what? She didn't get to go to DragCon. Sorry, my audio cut out. So I oh, you're good. Yeah, no, she didn't get to go to DragCon because I think she had, um, you know, uh, alongside a lot of other people's um, document issues to get into the country. And that's, that seems like it's every country recently. It's crazy. The amount of queens who had to drop from DragCon because they couldn't get into America was like, what? That's like a third of the people. I was, I was upset. I was upset not to meet Kidamine because I don't think I'm going to get to meet her at War on the Catwalk instead. I'll get to meet her tomorrow. Oh my god, tell her I said hello. Tell her tell her about the podcast. Maybe she'll she'll come on. Definitely will. <laughs> um, but yes, the accent, it's real. Reese is going to well, Reese will say be confident because Yuri is an overthinker. She says fake it till you make it. Um, and while Chris says the audience wants them to succeed, so just don't worry, which I thought was a really good piece of advice. I mean, I've never really heard it that way. Um, it's true. Where, where is there an audience that wants to watch you fail? That being said, I love watching drag queens fall. So if anyone has videos of drag queens falling, please send them to me. That's funny shit. Anyway, they're going to start their bit and it's very much in script. Um, but the content is cute. I like the exit bit where they tell Molly to pay attention. Cause that's where she'll be exiting at the end of the episode. That was very funny. Why Molly? Probably because they paired them together who should have been made toward Pomara. <laughs> now, the Mini Cooper joke about not being touched. It's real. It was funny. That was very well done. After they finish, Reese wants more Drag Race brunch, and Chris says they need more of them. Uh, they want to see who they are, and Chris wants to know what a New Zealand drag brunch is. Reese reminds them, much like bottoming, it's all about preparation. So smart. He's so smart. Next up, we have Molly and Hannah. They're nervous and hope their shit is funny. We're going to see them fumble, and Hannah knows immediately they're about to get the dodo at it. Um, very well um, self-referential. At least queens know what's going on with the show at this point. They're going to lean into Hobbit jokes because, you know, they're in New Zealand. They're both apparently very tiny. Um, are you a fan of Lord of the Rings? No. <laughs> I use I like the books when I was younger. The movies just bore the fuck out of me. 
I was completely raised on only Disney growing up. So as I'm getting older, hopefully I'll eventually get into like Lord of the Rings. But yeah, I know all the controversy and everything with like Harry Potter, but I didn't even watch that growing up. Me either. <laughs> I was not a Harry Potter kid. And everyone who's like, we didn't watch Harry uh, No. I know what house I am. That's all I know. Which house are you? Hufflepuff. Okay, nice. I am uh, Ravenclaw. Okay. All right. Reese, again, warns that they want to be learning about them. So this is where Hannah will reveal that both of them did not want to be drag queens. She reveals she wanted to be a priest. Reese's face was like a Jan face crack. Um, he was so surprised. Molly, though, wanted to be a clown, so she's halfway there. They're going to go with a priest and a clown, walk them to bar. That's their setup. But where are they going to go? Chris says just better things have been said before. Lean into what is new. So they're going to go into this idea of priest and a clown, and that's going to be their bit. Do we blame Reese and Chris for the downfall of their set? Yeah, it's their fault. I really think that was they gave him bad direction this time around. But Reese is still stuck on the priest of it all. He's never heard of it before. Um, and Hannah's going to say this is where she likes to hide. And that's why she wanted to be a priest. They didn't think of this stuff as their angle for this challenge. And this might be the key for them unlocking the door to the win. Anaconda says this is who she is and this is why she deserves to win have you ever met anyone who wanted to be a priest who was in the lgbtq plus community no but i did grow up in the um catholic church so Mm -hmm. i have seen a lot of people leave but not in that yeah it's it's, in it's it. interesting um, between Hannah this week and Vivian on Canada's Drag Race, we're we're seeing a lot of um, queens of faith. Oh, <laughs> not the Vivian. The Vivian probably. Yeah, I was thinking the Vivian. I'm no, like, no, the, Vivian, the Vivian. Yeah, the the Vivian will probably walk into a church and burn. Um, no, Vivian Vanderpuss uh, Vander. revealed that she was very she's very religious. Which was also surprising. Yeah, very surprising. Not, you can't take anything away from them. I know someone messaged me and said they don't like Vivian as much anymore. I was like, because they're religious? Really? Okay. Girl, you crazy. No, that's not true. Anyway, it's now Minnie and Kong's drag brunch and Kong's delivery. Um, Well, I'm not sure the crowd will think they're happy with that inflection, but um, it's going to take Minnie to get the manic out of Chris. Um, Minnie is crazy. Minnie is amazing and crazy, and that's what I love about drag. And I would watch Minnie Cooper do literally anything because it is so beautifully chaotic. I want more of that. I, I'm not a huge like chaotic drag uh-huh. person, <laughs> but she's really growing on me she's in so- the like making me like the chaotic. <laughs> So, but she's so good at it. She's controlled with the chaos. She's not like you don't have fear that like the entire building's going to burn down, but you have a you know that if the, a fire sparks, she'll be able to put it out. Yeah. 
<laughs> that, that's that's wisdom age and knowing what the fuck you're doing. I love it. I'm here for it. Reese wants balance from the two of them. And Chris says that their energies bring out an interesting side of each other with the contrasting energies. So he wants them to be aware and just not lose who they are, which is the theme of this coaching session. Don't lose who you are. Tell us who you are. Which I'm like, that's not really what you do with a drag brunch, but go off this. And finally, it's Beverly and Pamara. Team Yellow is going well, maybe? Let's find out. They are team opposite to Trex. Pamara will say that she's funny and Beverly is boring, and it's on. Uh, Beverly is, you're like, you're really starting with me in front of these people? Can you be my partner? We're going to see them struggle as they walk through the jokes, um, not looking great, and Pamara is just driving Beverly up the wall. I would agree. Beverly wants to bring her Brisbane toast to Drag Race, while Pamara says that she scrapped it. So Reese is like, well, what are you closing on? And, he, and they're like, nothing. And he's like, well, a toast would be great. One point Beverly kills. Chris wants them to not undermine each other and look out for one another. Don't outshine on stage. But Pamara just gets carried away with hosting because that's her thing. We've heard so many queens on this show say, blah, blah, blah is my thing. And then promptly get eliminated. Shh. Future Drag Race contestants, don't say anything is your thing, ever. You're giving the fodder to the editors. Now, watching this coaching session with all eight contestants, who did you have faith in doing well and who were you like, oh, they're definitely going to be in the bottom? I... I, I, lost, I lost for a second. Me too. I'm lost all the time. <laughs> That's why I have a script. It's so bad. Even with my script, I'm like, wait, where are we? Is there anyone that stuck out that you're like, okay, they're, they were definitely in the bottom? Being completely real, it takes me a couple of weeks to like put faces to names. Fair. So like I have all the names written down, but I'm like, Oh my gosh, which group was which? Like, there I mean, are a lot of drag queens um, on TV at this moment in time. I made this um, comment on my Instagram about a year ago. I was like, why? I feel like we haven't seen etc. for so long. I was watching Canada's Drag Race at the moment. Loop. That's why we hadn't seen <laughs> I would I would watch etc on Canada's Drag Race. I don't know how she would get on there, but that would be interesting. I like etc. She's she's very kind, very very funny. Um, but yeah, back to Down Under. Um, oh my gosh, it's fair if you thought they're all going to do fine. I think I I was more focused on like how everyone looked. Mm-hmm during at that point in the episode instead of like what was being said because like with previous seasons they can change the entire set from when they talk in the beginning right. to the actual um right. absolutely main challenge so well, we're going to move on to elimination day and coming into the workroom they are going to be walking in in pairs and uh well Everyone's there, but Yuri. Uh, Yuri's got an eye infection, so she went to A and E. 
A&E is not this channel, but that actually means accidents and medical, which is what they apparently call it in at least New Zealand. I'm not sure about uh, Australia, but A&E stands for accidents and medical. The more you learn. I love it. Um, Have we ever had a queen be like, I guess, quote unquote, medevaced out of the competition to go get checked on? Because they have like doctors on set. Was it that bad? It probably was. But I think the yeah. only time we've really had anyone leave because of a doctor is cornbread. No. Who's going um, to the doctor? Victoria. Well, true, true. Um, I feel like there's someone else I'm forgetting. Yeah, yeah and also it seems like everyone who's left because of some medical thing has not come back. Right. So I guess Yuri is the only one who's been allowed back. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Um, well, Spanky hopes this won't fuck with her chances of doing well. She knows putting all that shit in her face is not going to be easy, but she can make it work as she is an amazing, amazing makeup artist. And Pomara offers that they all paint separate parts of her face, which I knew RuPaul was saying, there's my next challenge. I can't wait. Now, I have once had um, two drag artists decide to put me in um, quick drag in 15 minutes. They each got half of my face or part of whatever. Um, It was fucking ugly. Disgusting. But it's a cute challenge if you have time. Yeah. I'm telling you, RuPaul was like, this is it. My next challenge. We're definitely going to see that. Mm -hmm. Because it's always fun to see when other queens paint the, the queens like we had what season 11 is when they brought um the eliminated queens c- to come back for the um the makeover challenge i love that kind of stuff um, yeah and then season 13 we had the family resemblance mm-hmm. where the queens painted each other yeah love that kind of thing but i want like seven queens to paint one queen and see what happens that is the picasso we all deserve Right, it's main stage time. Rue is looking radiant in that cheetah print lame and that classic blonde wig. She sounds um, like she still has a bit of jet lag, but that's okay. It's fine. It's filming. We have Michelle Visage, who is literally cosplaying as a Boulet brother. Like, you cannot unsee that. That is the Boulet's wig. That is Boulet's eyes. That is the Boulet's outfit. Why is Michelle Visage looking like a Boulet brother? Exactly. <laughs> I was so gagged. <laughs> Clearly, you can tell I'm gagged just like thinking about it too. It, it, it was a good look. It's a really good look. And I am very critical on the boulets because I find what they do sometimes to be so boring, especially when you have these brilliant contestants on their show who are giving you looks and they're like, Here's a basic latex bodysuit. Yay. Come on, Boulay, step it up. What would happen if Michelle Visage was ever allowed to guest judge on Dragula? Do you think it would be the worst episode ever? What what queen would she be like, do something different with your face? Probably half of them. Yeah. Oh, God. But we know that there's no ever going to be a crossover, though. I have seen on Instagram that people are doing like their fan like 
this would be a cool season if you did Dragula versus RuPaul villains. And it's like, that actually would be really sick. That was then you because then you'd have artists like Joe Black and Cherry Valentine, Crystal Method, um, all these charity case get to do what they do in the right light. Oh my god, that's that's a dream. Maybe that'll be a block talk think tank one day. We'll make that happen. So all right. We also have Reese Nicholson and Ursula Carlson. Um, we're gonna start with the drag brunch down under um, and then discuss the runways. Sound good? Okay. Before they begin, Queen shares that they are on the main stage and Yuri is nowhere to be found. Um, she's worried, but the show must go on, and we do see that Yuri is literally not on the stage. This is a first. This was a first. To not have a queen be ready for a challenge. Well, I was thinking about um oh my gosh, I'm blinking on her name. See uh season 12, not 12, 13. Who is it? Do you remember the queen who was known for taking way too long. Oh, Kamara. Kamara Hall. Yeah. Well, at least they, they would always start the challenge with her. She just had to hurry her ass up. But because I guess Yuri was just like not ready to go yet because she was not actually there. Um, this was a first. This was kind of crazy. Like, because you can't just stop production. You can't be like, okay, we're going to wait like 10 hours and you can come back. Nope. 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 <laughs> crazy. First up, we have Beverly and Pamara Fifth. Uh, they are very glittery. Um, it's the best that Pamara has or will ever look on this show. Yep, that was the shade. That's that's my comment. <laughs> they will say, drag brunch is a safe space for people who aren't represented. Drunk white women! The amount of times I have seen drag brunches filled with drunk white women, um, it's a lot. It's a lot. I'd be a millionaire if I had a penny for each time I've been to one. Um, so I like their joke. That joke, very smart, very fun. They're going to now discuss that they are opposites. Like Pamara is sober, Beverly is drunk, Pamara is indigenous, and Beverly is privileged. Beverly is thin, and Pamara is a food enthusiast. Also, to me, same as well. I love drag food. Well, drag brunch food. Um, give me some eggs Benedict. Um, give me some. French toast, uh, bacon. What What is your go-to brunch item? I'm more of a um, like bacon, bacon pancakes. Uh huh. Uh-huh, yes. Very good. Very good. They're going to call Hannah and Molly the rejects from the Hobbit trilogy. Um, clearly, they knew what direction they were going. So, like, ooh, that's an easy joke to go with. Yeah. <laughs> They had a bit planned for Spanky and Yuri, and Beverly is going to set it up, and Pamara gets to do her off-the-cuff that she's really excited to do. And it's not funny. Her answer is comfort. It's a safe space for comfort. Girl, you just lost your chance. You just bombed doing what you said you're really good at, and that was kind of shocking. Um, were you surprised to see Pamara just bomb right in the moment? Not really. Because we kind of touched on this earlier, that if you say you're good at something, yeah. that's going to be your downfall. Mm-hmm. It sure was. 
We are going to get a new j- joke about a favorite cross-dresser. And no, it's not aimed toward Michelle this time. It is aimed toward Reese, which I thought was a very pleasant surprise and lovely. Um, Beverly will do her toast. It runs a bit long. It didn't say much of anything aside that the two of them are opposites. Um, so Beverly, when you host your next drag brunch in Brisbane, find a new toast. Yeah, wasn't great. They were not great. Definitely not one for a rewatch. <laughs> nope, not at all. Yuri is now going to be back and alone in the workroom. She has cream and she can't see, but it's all good. Now I got to ask, how long did she have this eye infection for? Because they made her do her confessional then like with the eye infection. So either that confessional happened the next day or that night. Either way, wild. And what kind of eye infection did she have? Because if it was pink eyes, she can't be around people. And especially with all the makeup. I was kind of expecting her to do like some sort of like eye patch type look. Right. Just so she didn't have to paint the eye. Right. Because like I, I know many, many drag friends who have had eye infections or or conjunctivitis pink eye and or or a sty in the eye and like they they're like do not touch my eye i'm i am putting an eye patch on and you're not going to see makeup on it uh and we're going to talk about her uh runway look and how much makeup she put on but now we're going to watch hannah and molly they start with a song about being two little girls in a regular sized world and they are here to service brunch and it's like okay well that's a cute little song i'm sure they're going to have that released on itunes within the next month they're gonna not match at all with their looks. Um, I wish they had a little bit more of a connection with their looks, but they both were just like little girls. Yeah, that, that was kind of weird, especially since we had just saw um, two that were so similar. Right. But then again, it was also every group was kind of giving like drag family. So how is right. that going to play out with the future if they do it? Found right. A makeover challenge. Yeah. They're going to give us the ground rules of drag brunch and then move into the story about how they wanted to be a priest and a clown. And unfortunately, their delivery was just very old-fashioned slapstick comedy, which is funny, but it just wasn't also helpful with the underscoring that the show gave us. So the show is very much telling us they're not our winners at all. I think Hannah really held court focused with her jokes about being in the church and being uh, homoerotic and Jesus being nailed to a cross by three men being a party in her book. Um, And then Molly is asked about blowing up balloons, which leads to foreskin and Rue's like, that's uncomfortable, but I'm going to laugh anyway. Ha ha ha. Is Rue a prude? Or she's just a woman of a certain age. Not sure. There's something I, I wanted... like, that's vile, and then other things are like that's hilarious farts. I want to give it like I don't want to say like the benefit of the doubt, but lack of a better term, benefit of the doubt. It's the age. Yeah, I think it is too. Honestly, for me, Hannah and Molly were serviceable, but nothing to leave the brunch with. I'm not going to be like I want to go back to that brunch. Next. It was, it was a good day, but what's tomorrow? Where are we going tomorrow? <laughs> exactly. 
All right, we have Queen Kong and Minnie Cooper. Queen gets introduced and there is a solo bit where she gets to talk about being of Pacific descent and her mom being from Samoa, her father being Tonga. Um, this means, according to the census, that she has flat feet, diabetes, and a tendency to pre- reproduce more children than she can provide for. Thank you, government. That was funny. How the delivery what? wasn't funny, but she that was a good joke. She also says she gets confused for another celebrity of Pacific descent, especially when she's in drag, Dwayne the Rock Johnson. But enough about a rock, but, but enough about who looks like a rock. It's time for the super duper Minnie Cooper. Again, she's funny. This was this was shocking from Queen. Now, Minnie does arrive, very classic Hollywood. Um, Queen, I feel like, is a bit of like more of a modern classic vibe. But there was a connection because Queen had that pink little sash around her, which was the color of Minnie. So they did have a connection. I just wish Minnie had a little black to her. And they were also both giving that like classic style. Just exactly different generations of classic. Yep, absolutely. They're smart. They're both very, very smart. Yeah. Minnie is there for a good time, not a long time, which is more than she can say for faux fur. Shady. So fucking shady. Well, at Minnie and Kong's drag brunch, Kong does all the cooking, Kong does all the cleaning, and Minnie sits back and watches because she has white privilege. That was a funny bit. That was that was good comedy. The joke that was so funny that no one else laughed was Queen saying that Minnie let her speak first. I don't know if people didn't laugh because they were uncomfortable and didn't know if they could laugh, but it was, a, again, going with the white privilege idea. It was a funny joke. Yeah. And, and yeah, it also kind of plays off the like introvert, extrovert type energy too. Absolutely. Where you're finally letting the introvert, the quiet person speak first, get some time. And like mm-hmm. we still heard Minnie Cooper in the um, backstage talking yep. at one point. Yeah, no, this this was very smart and, and, and planned out well. Queen is going to tell Ursula that she's a hardworking queen. The only thing that works harder is Pamara's corset. She apologized. The jokes are cheap and ineffective, just like Pamara's corset. These are good jokes. Um, I hope that there's not a rose challenge because they've used all their material. That's the only downside of this challenge is if you yeah. went more roasty, what's left? Exactly. Especially if you know a reading challenge is coming up. So you better have like 10, 10 more reads for each queen. There are no read. Uh, there ha- the library hasn't been open yet this season. Not yet. That. Not yet. Well, speaking of cheap and ineffective, Reese Nicholson is here. And Minnie says that she loved musicals growing up and Annie was one of her favorite musicals. She thinks he'd make a great gay Annie. The only problem is when they get to the sun comes out tomorrow, it's going to be a real fucking problem. It's because he's pale as fuck. I understand. I burn too, but he's much paler than I am. Same with me. <laughs> I'm so pale. Now, Queen was thinking real hard and didn't want to do the obvious. What wonderful things did RuPaul do that she can write jokes about? She will pause. Anyway, here's a joke about your age. What a good setup. That was so good. So smart. RuPaul is so old that the first cruise ship she was, cruise gig she was on was the Titanic. Isn't that where you met Minnie? And Minnie was working in the gallows. We love this back and forth. I thought they did very well. That was such a good pair. Did the show want them to win? I don't think so. 
it didn't work with their fantasy because now it's finally time for Spanky and Yuri. Um, they welcome us to the Kiwiana down under Drag Brunch. Spanky looks like she's 60 and Yuri looks like she's terrified. Um, there was no connection here whatsoever. They Literally, this looks like two queens from two different worlds forced together to serve. We're going to get a lot of vulgarity out of their set, um, which apparently Rue's going to approve of. She likes vulgarity in this moment. Um, we will get the exits, but this time we're not going to get the Molly moment. We're going to get the exit being up Yuri's bum, which... Spanky is going to say using fleshlight. Now, I don't know if it's that accent or did she mean flashlight? Because the caption did say flesh. And we know those are two very different objects. Do you know what she meant? I think it was flashlight. I I think it was flashlight because also... Um, with um, binge queens, when um, ketamine was saying um, glow, yeah, it kind of had the same inflection. Yeah, where Angie was getting confused. So I think it was. Yeah, I, it's really interesting um, because flash and flesh are similar with the the, the Kiwi accent, where where flash is, is like flish, flishly. So that's that's where the confusion came in. But oh my god, the caption! I was like, "Oh, okay, that's where we're going with this." Great. Now, there were a lot of New Zealand jokes and references that went right over my head, but they all found it enjoyable. Um, Minnie died at the joke at her expense. Like, I thought she fell over when Spakey made that joke at her expense. It was very funny. At least Minnie can take the jokes. Not many other queens can take jokes about them. A good joke was the smartest thing to come out of Molly Poppins' mouth was a penis. That's right. She said penis. And Pamara is here with something on her chin. It must be that special sauce. No, not cum. Tomato sauce. Though the watercress salad has their cum special sauce on it. I guess cum jokes are funny. Hi. I... Maybe that's just something that being a trans man, I've never had knowledge of it from Fair. like a male perspective, but I didn't get it. Yeah, I, I don't think it timed well. It was I didn't find it funny, but okay. their entertainment of the night will be the jazz styles of Minnie Cooper's dry ass pussy. Uh, come on, season one callback. Anita Wiglet robbed for a second chance. Well, it's Yuri Guy and she has gonorrhea and Spanky Jackson and she wears pads. See, we love when you listen to the judges. It's nice to see her not wear um, pants. I liked her in a dress. It looked good. Really good. She looks 60. Yeah. <laughs> This was a fun challenge. Overall, I think everyone did well. There was, for me, a clear bottom. Um, but I just didn't get the drag brunch part of it. Why can't we just call this a roast? 
I don't know. I wonder if, now that you say that, I wonder if this was the roast. Yeah. I, I guess it's in place for the roast and, and, and I don't know. And they just were like, drag brunch, that's gay. That, that, that's what we do for drag queens. I don't know. All right, we're going to get to the runway and the category is Red for Filth. And in honor of the category, we are going to play, I'm just going to say it. I'm sorry, listeners, I have to do it. The cat, we're going to play Ready or Not. There it is. I love puns. First up is Beverly Kills, uh, hair by Asphyxia's Asylum, headpiece by Beverly. She is giving you a gothic story with a candelabra that's been impaled in her head. The garment itself is heavily on the basic side. It's a see-through gown with a panty underneath. The sleeves are fine. I think there's a lot of beautiful detailing with the stones. I do like the hair. It's a cute pigtail, but I think being in red, it gets lost. Black would have worked. And we'll we'll see it with the next couple of queens, but the red against the black really does pop. Absolutely. Absolutely. Michelle says the look is really fun for red with dripping wax, and it told a story. She thinks the issue in their brunch was the connection as they never got it together. Reese says it happens in stand-up shows where you are thrown together and you have to very confidently and quickly create a relationship. She hit the notes. She hit the punchlines. It was the segues that wasn't amazing. Rue says she was looking for that something extra. Beverly will say that she's hosting. That hosting is usually a solo thing, which is not true, but go off, Twink, whatever you say. Um, she said doing it with Kamara was fun. She had a good time and thanks her for being her partner. This look, I will give a ready. Yeah, same ready audience 69 ready 31 percent not next up pamara fifth look by the drag maker hair and jewels by wigs out i think it's the that the gown fits very well but it's coming down to the styling once again i compare her to deja sky um she just does not know her proportions i love the indigenous patterns they should be the focal point of this look but because of the cut being so high then the draping it just it doesn't work it's right looks like it's riding up her body and i needed that top layer to fall much further down on her body um the hair the best she has worn all season very pageant she just doesn't look comfortable she doesn't and the one place where it cinches in it's just way too high yeah and it just made the entire look look wrong Michelle says, the look is beautiful. She loves her heritage. Reese jokes that he doesn't care for her hair color. Ha 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 ha. You'll be hearing from his lawyers. For me, this is a not. Yeah, I I originally like going back and forth between like to tooting booting for my notes. Yeah. I originally gave this one a newt, but Right in the middle. Yeah. The audience. 31% ready, 69% not. Next up, Hanaconda. Look by Giuseppe Cozzoloni. Uh, hair by Charlemagne. This is stunning. She looks incredible. I love that she's giving you latex in a very old-fashioned, sexy way. 
The red with the black trim gives the dress life. The hat is a great final touch. I just never quite understood why people do that thing with just the brim and call it a hat. But hey, it works because the black hair poking out looked intentional. Hannah knows her body. She knows how to dress. And this was a wonderful look for her. Definitely well said. <laughs> because the red hair, uh, red, whoa, <laughs> the black hair with the red rim yeah. is the contrast to the basically red dress with the black trim. Absolutely. Yeah, it, it, she was so, so good in this look. Um because again, she 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 unlike Pamara, she's just, she is a woman of a certain stature, and she knows her body. She knows how to dress her body and where to use the proportions. Like even with the little flare outs, it worked for what her figure was. So Pamara Pamara take take some lessons from Sis Hannah. She can help you. Rue loves this outfit as she looks like a million bucks. She tells her that she and Molly need to go on the road together as they both seemed like sisters. There was enough chemistry, but not enough material to support it. Michelle says it was the same thing throughout and it had no peaks and valleys. I'll give this look a ready. Ready. <laughs> Audience agrees. 97% ready, 3% not. They loved it. I think the 3% not ready surprises me <laughs> i know right that much yeah. molly poppins look by omg lindell m tucky here by fantasy and soul studios this could have been a brilliant burlesque moment she's got that ruffle top and it's a moment that she drops it i'm like what is she wearing the train is for like little kids it's just like so tiny it's like what what We've, we've seen trains like on Train to the Tuck like, to give you a train. This is like a, a, a choo-choo play toy. Um, she kind of looks like a fancy hooker. Not a bad thing, just an observation. It is on the simpler side, but she's dressed it up and added stones in all the right places to elevate it. Um, yeah. I don't know how I feel about it. What did you think? I, before she dropped it, it was definitely ready. Yeah. But after... I'm not sure. Yeah, that's how I feel. I was like, it was like, because usually when you do a reveal, you want it to be bigger and better than what you've already worn and what we've seen. And then this was like, oh, that's it? Okay. Yeah. It's like, if said, you're gonna, yeah, go ahead. It's like, if you're going to fall, you better turn into Freddie Mercury. Absolutely. There it is. Ray says he would have liked it to move somewhere different so they could get to know her like they got to know Hannah. Michelle says she's not a fan of chaps, but finds this really pretty. Ursula says that if Marilyn Monroe had a sexy sister and says, imagine if this is what saying happy birthday, we'd all be having happy birthdays and JFK would have never died. Those tits, the outfits, those lips would have made a bullet bounce off a man. What? I don't think you can say that critique in America. I think for us, we're like, uncomfortable. What was that critique? definitely different when you go to different countries very much rue says the outfit is so trashy but she loves it so much she's never seen that configuration before i like you i'm not sure where i stand with this is like before i was like ready and now it's like ready 
I'm going to give it like the softest ready, just like just, just barely on the edge. I agree. <laughs> Audience, they're, they're on our side. 61% ready, 39% not. Next up, Queen Kong. Look by Sherry McCoy, hair by Queen Kong. She is the devil in disguise, also known as the volcano from Moana. I think the hair is brilliant with those red tips. I love the look because it's a new riff on the devil. The cape is a statement. I love the pattern. It really is like molten lava. This was a really fun look, even though it is a leotard. Like we've seen devil before, but we have not seen this before. Exactly. This is well done. Michelle says it feels like she's been tough on her, but in the drag brunch, she was so proud. The timing and humor, she was in control. Ruth says they got a taste of what she is capable of when she lip syncs and they saw it again. She has shown up for the competition. For me, love it. It's a ready. It's ready. <laughs> Audience agrees. 92% ready, 8% not. Hmm. Minnie Cooper, look by Grant Margots, hair by Wigged Out. I think this is a wonderful moment to pay homage to those who came before us and to honor HIV and AIDS. I think if this dress didn't fall, it would have been an absolute serve, but it just wasn't sitting on her properly. It's simple, but it's effective. And I adore the jewels. The necklace is stunning. Like literally all you see is that pendant and it doesn't get bogged down by a chain. Christine. I think the AIDS ribbon on the back, including a safety pin, was a very smart touch. It was really unique. I just wish the safety pin was a little more bedazzled and dragged up. Otherwise, this was, for me, a really important look. The only real comment I made on um, Mini Cooper was where where Pamala, I can't say her name. Mara. Mara. Where Pamara was too high, Mini just fell too low. Yeah. And it was unfortunate because I know like you, you could probably fix it a little bit, um, but timing is hard. Timing, you, you got to get ready fast for this show and, and you don't necessarily get to do all the fittings you want to do. Rue says that if Queen is a volcano, Minnie is explosive diarrhea. She says she's a superstar. She tells her to direct herself as it feels like there is a live wire that's always on. Michelle loves her look. Her issues if that they're going to have to pixelate her tits, which they did in fact not pixelate. No, they did not. Minnie says she started to work with drag queens when she was 19. Carolyn Clark, Tallulah Bright, and Legs Galore. She shares that Tallulah and Legs both had HIV, and they made a pact to pass away at the very same day, and this dress is a love letter to them, which I thought was really beautiful. Reese says the performance, there were times where she felt like the aunt at the party that was gone off on one. There were times when Queen was moving her away from the younger children at the barbecue. We know that person, don't we? Um, this look, I, I, I know it was falling, but the look itself and the statement it made, I will give a ready. Same. The look itself is a ready. She looked beautiful. Yeah. It just didn't sit. Yeah. One, one small error can change everything. Audience, you're fucking rude. 59% ready, 41% not. Fuck you. Do better. Call you out. I think it was because either the picture that um, World of Wonder picked for her, which was terrible, um, I think that was part of why it dropped so low, because I think I personally think it should be higher. But Minnie, I love you. Next up. Either that, either that or um, people are undecided on the fact that it kept slipping. Right. 
Absolutely. Hey, listen, fit is all part of uh, of, a, of a look. And I was critiquing Kamara, so maybe I'm being a little biased and hypocritical, but I can say whatever I want. All right, next up, Spanky Jackson. Exactly. <laughs> Spanky Jackson look by Tara Dix- Dickinson. She can be a slut or she can go fucking fancy. This is a fancy dress for Spanky. She is paying homage to the poppies. It's done well. The hat is cute. It's not jaw-dropping inspiring, but it's a very welcome change and it's showing what diversity she will be able to bring to the main stage. What I do hate is the lining. It's white. It needed to be black or red because as it sits now, it's just very distracting because all you your eye goes straight, straight down. It kind of gave... This is one of those looks that like we've seen it done before. Have we seen it better? Debatable. It's a, yeah. I'm going to give it a ready. I'm going to say not ready. <laughs> and the audience agrees with you. 32% ready, 68% not. And finally, Yuri Guy. Look by Yuri. Hair by Lucina Wiggs. Prosthetics and Contacts by Body FX New Zealand. Poor Yuri had to get up in this look with an eye infection. Fucking ouch. That's a lot of makeup. That being said, it's the devil. I am bored. She looks a lot bogged down, but I know that she's going through some things, but there was just so much fabric on her that it just didn't feel like it was sitting right. She's giving you large hips, which I think is a little new for her silhouette. They were much larger than we've really seen her do before, but it's the embellishments to give you that beautiful image. Um, This is Yuri. This is not a surprise, but it still looks good. What did you think? It looks really good. But similar to Queen Kong, who we saw come out earlier, Mm -hmm. it's another devil. Which, yes, they can't prepare for having the same look twice. But... And that's, that's where I'm not blown away by this look, because Yuri surprised us and done things like, oh my god, who would have thought that? If you told me red, I knew Yuri was going to do the devil. Like, I could tell you that was going to be the direction. Um, and, that and that's why... I, yeah. And that might be where our, our expectations are a little higher. Because exactly. we were expecting devil from her. And she gave devil. But did she deliver the devil? Exactly. Um, I will give it a ready. But again, Yuri, you got... Step it up. Exactly same. She gets ready, but she's got to deliver next week. Mm-hmm. Audience loved it. Ready, 92% ready, 8% not. Rue will call forward Spanky Jackson and Yuri Guy and tells them that they are the winners of the week, winning $5,000 courtesy of the star. Do you agree with the winners? Yeah. Maybe it's my age thing. I would have given it to Minion Queen. I feel like the with Minion Queen, because of Minnie's runway, it bumped her down. Fair. That's fair. And That's a good point. One thing with Drag Race Down Under, 
and we see it more towards the end of the episodes, but it is so fast paced. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much was cut from early in the episode, if any? Because by yeah. the end, it's just one thing after another. Let's finish the episode. Yeah. Maybe we missed something where they were get did they say anything about the queens getting judged together or were they getting judged individually? Um I don't think we explicitly found out. I think I think unfortunately it was obvious who the bottom two were going to be. Um could you have pulled from another pair? I'm sure you could have, but I don't think there was a singular person in the other two pairs that could have been pulled down. Um Yeah, and that's where I'm kind of like kind of understanding queen not winning if they were judged as pairs Fair. because if that's, that's why Minnie was not in the top then queen wouldn't be right all right well let's move on to untucked junior spanky and yuri are ecstatic to win and get five thousand dollars each they worked hard and spanky commends yuri for everything that she went through to get to this moment spanky knows that there is a change in yuri as she is pushing herself further Spanky's going to thank Molly, uh, thinks Molly was trying to sabo them, but they are in the top, and up your bum to her. See, that's the toast, Beverly. Up your bum, no babies. That's all you got to do. One line, boom, 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 you're done. You don't need, like, five things. Well, the tops and bottoms arrive, and they joke that Yuri should go to the hospital more often. Ha, ha, ha. Beverly believes it will be her and Pamara in the bottom again, and Beverly is going to start breaking down, as she is scared of not going as far as she wanted on the show. This is the vulnerability the judges are looking for. Because at this point, we, Beverly has just been this run, really strong, confident, young twink. Now we've seen her, like, when she gets upset, she's, she is, you want to give her a hug because there's no other option. Like, she, she's like a little dog in the rain. No pup. Beverly is going to cry. Molly believes the only person who is 100% safe is Queen and likely Minnie as well. Pamara, though, is mad at herself because she likes, feels like she hasn't shown herself and be her. And I'm like, well, you did have three weeks so far that you could show yourself, but that's on you, girl. Spanky tells both Pamara and Beverly that they did a great job and it's getting to the point now where it's all going to be in the fine details, which is kind of what we already discussed. But Beverly is going to drop down to the ground and sob. She says she puts up a front that she's strong, dark, and mysterious, but she's still shit scared. Um, I love Beverly, but her being serious in these confessionals with those brows, I laughed. I'm sorry, I laughed. I did too. <laughs> It was so funny because I was like, I can't take you seriously. I literally am laughing at those giant blocks you've called eyebrows. No one has eyebrows that big. I'm glad I'm not alone. (laughs) (laughs) It was so funny. I'm sorry. Well, she says she feels like a failure and she's letting people at home down. She loves drag. It's what she does well and she can control and losing that control sucks. And I get that. I, I feel that. They tell her she's an amazing drag queen, and Queen reminds her that she is one of 10 queens to be picked for the show this year. AKA, you're really one of 20, bitch. Queen was there last week. She wants them to use the fire if they need to. She tells them to look at the pictures in the mirror and remind themselves who they are here for. 
Beverly might be terrified, but she is not ready to say goodbye to the competition. She is an amazing performer and will use that energy and lip sync. It's a fine untucked. It was all right. They, if anything, I think it helped my idea of Queen winning. Definitely. She's getting a good arc. One one thing that we saw in All-Star 7 that I kind of hope they start to incorporate incorporate into future seasons are those like mini games. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Because yeah, it's lovely seeing like the queens break down, queens like talking. But like there are some untucks where it's like that that was untucked. Yeah, I think it's it's really interesting because I love having untucked within the episode. I am now this person who's like, get rid of untucked. I don't need it. It's not important anymore. We get the important parts of untucked through these kinds of conversations. But I think you're right. If you incorporate some of these mini games that could lead to some of these conversations, that's how everyone gets what we all want. So yeah, I think you're right. We can we can play around with the format a little bit. Or the video messages. We haven't seen any of those. And do do, do the international seasons even do them? Technically, there was one in UK. Mm-hmm. The week that Davina won the challenge, right? They got the video message from Katya. Turns out it was an in-person thing. Right. But that's the closest to a video message we've gotten on an international. Interesting. And we haven't yeah. had one since. We had a couple on 14. We, um, we, we had a couple on 14 because we got to um, see some of the family, but it was only, it was really for the contenders. Um, yeah. It's, I, I love the, the, the video messages because we get to, we, that's your insight on some of these performers. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Rue has decided that Beverly and Pamara will be up for elimination, meaning the rest of the queens are safe. I kind of think we discussed it. I I agree with this. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. Sadly. (laughs) The song is another Kylie moment. It is Starstruck by Years and Years featuring Kylie Minogue. Um, Is there anyone better than Kylie Minogue down under? I love when we get some um, Kylie. Also, that being said, I hope Ollie Alexander is going to be a guest judge on Drag Race UK because that would be amazing. Um, I love this song. It's such a good song. So cute. Now, Pamara is serving. She is very good at performing, but I really do think all eyes were on Beverly. Um, She just had the passion and the fun that the song required. Um. Beverly also just has that youthfulness that the years and years has on this track. Um, Rue, we have learned, hates undergarments, and all you could see were Pomara's white undies. Do you think that played into her elimination? Yes. It was kind of embarrassing. It definitely was. (laughs) And like, as we watch the show, I don't know how there's some queens that don't realize this, 
but it's like kind of do your research before going on a show. Literally. There's certain things that we know as watchers you don't do. I, I really need to start a drag you and um, teach future contestants the do's and don'ts. God, what was she thinking? That being said, when Beverly did that trick and almost knocked Pamara out, Pamara knew that she had to now camp it up because she's not going to be able to do any tricks like that. Um, it was not even close. It really was Beverly. And in the end, Beverly stays and Pamara is gone. And I am a little happy with that result. That being said, she should have been gone last week. Justice for Aubrey. Aubrey. She was gone too soon. Way too soon. Um, and I just don't even know if the, she's someone that's like, oh yeah, let's put her back in a verse the world. I don't see that happening for her, but she's really, really good. I like Aubrey Hayes. But now she also does have more of a platform. She does. That is absolutely so true. So now more people can see who she is, what she has to offer. Absolutely. I'm excited for her. But uh, Pamara, good riddance. You're fun. I got some burning questions for you to wrap up this podcast. Are you ready? Sure. What is Pamara's legacy? What is she going to be remembered for besides bad looks? (laughs) Cue my like scatterbrain. Trying to remember like what she's done in the past couple episodes. Honestly, that's her legacy. That's it right there. She's not memorable. She's really not memorable. The only thing she's memorable for, maybe also, would be the fight with Minnie, which barely was about her. It was more of Minnie. So yeah, oh, uh, was that fight? Yeah, Pamara, uh, probably one of the least likable on the cast, in my opinion. Next week, it's Snatch Game. Who are you hoping will make an appearance on the celebrity panel? It can really be anybody. Yeah. But one that I would love, I always love to see is past queens. Mm-hmm. Either who have done amazing and have been the winner or like um, Vanjie coming in season 12. She bombed. I I would love I, I would love to see someone do Nicole Kidman. That would be very funny and very stupid. Um, especially if they have the AMC down in Australia <laughs> that um little commercial. Um but yeah, uh, give me give me Australian legends, give me like the Hemsworths. Um that would be funny. Um Delta Goodrum, I would love to see. We'll see. I, I just I love the culture. When you try to start bringing the American culture onto the show, and it's just not it's not it's not gonna work. Give me Australia. Who do you think is gonna do well? I just realized I think I misunderstood your question. That's okay. Were you asking like who the queens would do or the guest judge? Either. Okay. Because I was asking, I was answering more for like the guest judge having yeah. a past um, queen would be great or. Most likely, we're probably going to have Michelle and Reese do it because budget. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but next week, we are getting Wizard Rue 
on the judging panel. Can we discuss that look right now for a second? Did you did you see the pre the next time on? I don't think I did. Okay. Um, she's wearing like this black cloak with like purple like lining. It like she looks like a wizard. I don't get it. I Ooh. is she Gandalf? I don't know. I'm so fascinated. I can't wait to discuss that look. But I ask it every week. After three episodes, the winner of the season is. I always have, after episode one, my top two, top three, depending on the season, mm -hmm. um, always posted in my bio. And as of week one, I put Beverly Kills and Mini Cooper. Mm -hmm. Other than um, Queen Kong, who we've been talking about so much this episode, she's definitely up there. I don't know how much longer Beverly Kills will stay. I uh -huh. really hope that she does because she is such a strong queen. But after such an emotional episode, seeing how previous seasons have played out, yeah, kind of worried for her. I can see that. Um, I can see her getting her head and it's just going to be a, the domino effect. Um, I'm going to full on right now, Queen Kong's winning the show. There is no other person who's going to win. She it, This episode was all about her. She has an incredible story arc. No, she doesn't have a win yet, but there's still time. And the there's only... been winners who haven't had any. We're not talking about Electra Bionic. I hate her. Justice for Frida Camp. Um, you're right. That being said, I think the other person up in contention is Spanky. She has two wins already, which is shocking to a lot of people, but she's good. She's very, very good at what she does. Is she too similar to Kitamine to be the second winner? The other person who is up there is Anaconda, but after this week, it's done. I don't think you can crown Anaconda without the fan backlash calling for the cancellation of this show. Exactly. Queen Kong's going to win. That's, that's just the, the, the math adds up. Um, that being said, this cast is incredible. It, they're really good. There's not a weak link left. Which is amazing that there is no weak link, but also kind of worrisome too. Fair. Because if it is so close, one minor slip up mm -hmm. and your favorite, depending on who it is, could be the next one to go home. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'll see. We will see. Well, where can we find you on social media, Venmo? And yeah. I, <laughs> my, when you say that, my Venmo is linked with my um, dead name, so nope. <laughs> but I have a drag Instagram, uh, Queen Ashley Burns. Amazing. I have a Twitter. I keep forgetting I have Twitter. So <laughs> me too. I have. A let's just use Instagram. I can let's keep just up with that. 
Instagram's easier. Maybe one day if I have like a social media person doing all my Instagram and my Twitter, oh, I'll have an active Twitter and I'll be like, oh yeah, type this. And I, if they, someone responds to me, I'll respond to you to then type it for me. I can't do Twitter. It's too much work. I can't. I keep work. deleting it, re-downloading it. Yeah. I've created new accounts. I'm just like, eh. I've like literally it. gotten to the point where when I post a new episode, it just links right to it. Twitter. I'm like, there, there, work's done. I don't need to do anything. Sorry if I don't interact with people. If you want to interact, just come to Instagram. It's more fun. Well, this was a blast. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks for having me. <laughs> the biggest thanks to Daniel for coming on. Subscribe to your favorite podcast platform and leave us a review while you're there. And don't forget to visit buymeacoffee.com slash block talk to show support for the pod. If you have any questions or comments, drop me a line at theaterthenow.com via our question link. Like, listen, love. Until next time, I'm Michael Block, and that was Block Talk.